Coming to you from magnificent downtown Spokane, it's the Queer Centric, providing all your needed entertainment value with twice the sass. Thanks to your host, Queerly Johnny. Welcome, welcome to another amazing podcast of the Queer Centric. And today is an exciting day because it is all entertainment, all movies. Movies are some of my favorite things. I've complained and rejoiced over them on the show a few times already. But what's even better, what I loved about starting the Queer Centric was we decided, oh, let's have our own film critic. It makes me feel very posh. You know, very, very privileged. Very legit. Very legit. And this is someone, this, I just, before we let him on the show right now, I just want to say, you know, he's legit. When he would go to the movies, every week he would go at least to one movie and he always carried a notebook and a pencil. So I'm like, dude, that is serious. And all of you, of course, have grown to love him because he is our uh, film critic on, uh, oh shoot, I already... Ah, Cinematic Considerations, which is, it's a mouthful and it's on our webpage, thequeercentric.com. But without further ado, let's bring the man of the hour online, Nathan Box. Are you there? I am here. He's like, I hung up. I just couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Welcome. Are you excited? Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to help you continue feeling poshed. I guess. Thank you. <laughs> I do because I was. I, they like they they uh, like tease me on the show and say, "How many more times do you want to mention L.A.?" But now I can also be like, uh, "Did you know that uh, you think that's your opinion on a movie?" But I have a film critic. Let me call him. <laughs> Let me see if you're correct. Right. Right. Well, not only posh, but I also come in at a price point you can afford. Yeah, you do. And that is very appreciated. I, we are only lucky that you are intelligent, to be honest. Because <laughs> your price point, anything could have happened. <laughs> now, you are known all over because when, when your uh, article comes out, people like to read them. And so we send it out everywhere so people can enjoy Uh do you seriously, and this is the thing, you don't watch just one movie a week in the cinema, but you watch movies from like 40 years ago, uh, which is what I find fascinating because you look at it, tell us when you look at a movie, what are these criteria when you're looking, you know, to see if they're quality that you would approve of? Uh, well, so when I am, well, if it's in cinema, I'm, really trying to pay attention to a couple of things. Um, first and foremost, is it, you know, is it getting some buzz um, yeah. coming out of a film festival, you know, TIFF right. and um, the Venice Film Festival uh, both just passed. Yeah, There's a lot of buzz coming out about those movies. Um, there'll be lots of them, but will probably end up being nominated in some form or fashion. So I really want to pay attention to those. Um, and when I'm at home, I uh, I've got you know I've got two or three books of movie re movie reviews going back um, uh, over a hundred years, and I'm oh always God. trying to do my homework and uh, really uh, have a, a well-rounded understanding of the history of cinema. Uh, I'm not afraid to watch stuff that I you know going in I I may not. I know that I may not like, um, but I think there's something to be learned there if it's um, critically acclaimed. Um, have you ever gone in? Have you ever gone in and thought, I, I'm really not interested in seeing this movie and come out surprised? 
Oh, sure. I mean, uh, you know, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I think those are the real, um, those are the real gyms. I, you know, I, I go into a, a movie theater with the assumption that, uh, everything is going to be good and uh, prove me wrong. Otherwise Um, I also am cognizant that that, uh, making movies is it's a really complicated craft and there are hundreds and hundreds of people that it takes to make this thing. And even uh, the worst movie that I've ever seen uh, took a lot of people to, to do the work and yeah. I still try to appreciate that. What is the worst movie you've ever seen? Oh God. <laughs> it's a French film. Oh. Uh, I saw it. Uh, speaking of LA, I saw yeah. it at a film festival in LA. Yeah. Um, it's called Liberté. Um, which, which it, for those non-French speakers, can you tell us what that means? <laughs> uh, the Liberté. Okay. Um, and, so glad uh, you're here. Um, it is a bunch of, of French aristocrats uh, having sex in a forest for two hours. Oh, now, wow. I know on the surface <laughs> that may seem like a great time, but it, is, it was pretty plotless. And uh, well, at one point in time, a French aristocrat pees on another woman, and I thought, oh. no, I'm really good here. <laughs> yeah. I'm really you good. You know what? It, so- it sounds like an entry into Humpfest. Which, of course, is Dan Savage's, uh, you know, uh, voyeuristic amateur porn festival. That, so you know, maybe they put it in the wrong festival. They um, accidentally. I've never. I've gone to Hunt Fest a couple of times. I've yeah. never seen anything as bad <laughs> as Liberté. That is saying a lot. I've been to Hunt Fest a few times too. Boy, wow! So everybody, run out and get Liberté. <laughs> What do, what do you think the um, urination on the on that person meant? What did that signify as far as uh, as far as the movie goes? Uh, that's the that's the reason I hated it because I don't think the <laughs> urine really meant anything. <laughs> it does sound I like was... just a horrible. Is this eyes wide shut but French? Yeah, well, eyes wide shut has a plot. It this does have something. Yeah, it did and. Plus, Eyes Wide Shut is Stanley Kubrick, and we, yes. he gets, you know, a pass. Uh, <laughs> this is just rich people having sex in the woods, and that's it. Oh, so it's a Tuesday. I got it. I got it. They yeah. just they yeah. wanted you to have a day in the life of French aristocrats. Well, uh, good to know. We See, that's our good. We can set the level now. So we know taste level. And I love that you go into films so positive. You're going to start at the top and be like, hey, I expect you to be good and prove me wrong. I feel like I go in maybe middle. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I've made it halfway up the mountain and I'm tired. So I need them to drag me all the way up or I give up. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't expect them to do the work in the same, the same way that you're thinking. Like I, <laughs> um, I, the films that I really, really love um, are connecting to me or connecting with me on a level based on some experience that I've been through. So yeah. I feel like I'm I'm doing half the work and they're doing half the work. And what a collaborative uh, critic! I like I yeah. I like this. Well, what's great is when you so before we get into what I want to talk to you about is like movies that you think maybe we've missed them and we need to put them on a list. 
upcoming movies that you're excited for. Um, and then, of course, I want to talk about queer film as uh, we're making some strides that are that are coming up. I mean, even on Netflix, you know, with Neil Patrick Harris's Uncoupled. So I, we want to talk about that as well. But before, uh, there's nothing to watch. In a world being attacked by even more aliens. Uh, I'm not sure how much more I can take. Don't worry, this is the whole reason for my existence. Okay, I can't do another superhero movie. Sam's feeling a little down on her luck until a guy finally spills coffee on her. Oh wow, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've been hoping a guy would finally spill his coffee on me. Should we just get married? I feel like this has been the whole reason for my existence. Okay, I threw up a little in my mouth. Small towns never change until they do. We should totally throw a party, like by that creepy lake, in a cabin. Well, let's invite our entire senior class. So like just the popular kids? Uh, yeah, that's what I said. A population of affluent white people, three minorities, and a gay guy. That population is about to decrease by four. Die! Yeah, I feel like this has been the whole reason for my existence. Maybe just giving up and living off the grid isn't such a bad idea. Or try indie films. Oh, yeah. They're more likely to tell my story. Well, this has really been just a preview for your indie movie. I'd watch that. Well, you're in it. Cool! Indie films. We can film a whole movie about your office, your weekend, or just a day at the dog park. Because we have to be creative. With no budget, unproven talent, and just our enthusiasm. Oh, wow. Creativity is way more entertaining than a million-dollar budget. <laughs> Unless it's my million dollars. So don't give up on good movies. Just support better artists. Yeah. So, so what's your indie film? film? I recently watched a movie that was a big blockbuster. And we're just going to say it was Thor Love and Thunder. And um, I have not hated a movie like that in a very long time. And I love Thor. I do. But you were saying... You, you have an opposite view. I would really well, love to know what it is and what uh, strain of, of marijuana you were on at the time. To, to preface, um, I, had, I had asked Jonathan what he thought, and I have the text somewhere. It was yes. something along the lines of, uh, it looks like they smeared crap on a lens and yeah, called it a and movie. and called it a movie. <laughs> and I love the director. I just, I was done. But Nathan, tell me how I can, can kind of take a different perspective on this. Well, uh, you've known me for a while. Yes. And you know that I, I am not the biggest fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to begin with. Right. I hate the oxygen that it consumes. Yes. I hate that um, it, there seems to be no end in sight, and that's the point. And yeah. I get so tired of the never-ending world building the never-ending sense that apocalypse is just around the corner yeah uh there is no guesswork in these films the good guy is going to win and even if he doesn't win he's going to come back in the second part and he'll have a glove that he gets to snap and everything <laughs> will be fine again like exactly. it just never ends and particularly this phase of the mcu that we're in I really don't like because I have no idea where we're headed or no. what we're doing. I feel uh, like the they have gotten tired and they're they're still trying to grab some pieces. 
the first three phases, uh, you know, this building up to Thanos was very clear to me, like yeah. what we were building to. Mm-hmm. Yes. This, I don't know. I haven't, I didn't, I didn't really like the Eternals. I thought it was pretty mm-hmm. dull and boring. Right. I thought this last Doctor Strange movie was not very good. But I will say what I loved about Thor Love and Thunder was the same thing that I loved about Thor Ragnarok, which was... I love Thor Ragnarok. I thought it was very aware of itself that one, all of this is ridiculous. Um, And it, you know, it it had a choice to make. It could have gone in a direction of trying to be, you know, really moody and serious and try to do the work that we had done at the end of the Avengers movies, or right. we could continue this comedic run that we were on that, you know, the continuation from Ragnarok. And I thought that it did that very well. Uh, plus you got to, you know, you got to see a naked Chris Hemsworth and um, know, that wasn't too bad. I mean, that does give it a, a, a point up for me, but can we just say, I do feel like somebody, one of the writers was going through something and probably watched Terms of Endearment. And then, because I'm, this is my problem. I feel like they didn't have a clear, like you were kind of mentioned about the other movies. I didn't feel like there was a clear understanding of what this movie was. I love the humor. I love uh, what they started putting into like Ragnarok. I have no problem with that. But there was no clear path. All of a sudden, no. And let's be honest, Natalie Portman didn't want to do this movie. We'll put we will put a, a spoiler alert on on this. But Natalie, uh, she was mad that she had to do it, but it was she was under contract. And I'm like, did you convince them to give you cancer? Like it seemed like such a contrived storyline. I just didn't get it. Well, I mean. Um... You also have to consider the source material where these things are coming from. I and know, but at least lots, lots of these are built upon existing stories. And yeah. I can't tell you whether she Thor or Lady Thor or whatever, right. whatever her name is. Like <laughs> Thorette. Um, um I, I and you know, I'm getting her and the green lawyer. Oh, I can't like it's just, I tried. It's, it's just all yeah. Um but yeah, I I thought if if I had a complaint with the movie, it would have probably been Natalie Portman's uh, storyline. Yes. I thought Christian Bell uh, was a very oh convincing uh, villain. And his storyline was solid. I thought he was and the he best was. part. Well, yeah. He was the best part of the show. And I, I usually don't like the villains. Yeah. I really like Thor, but this time I did not like Thor. I liked the villain. I did like the villain. I didn't want well, Thor to die, but it is. It is it has often been a complaint of mine with the MCU is, uh, and you say the same thing, most DC stuff as well. Like the villains are just like an afterthought. Yes. And I really thought this time around, they got it right. Yes. And they did a really good job at it. Yeah. I agree with that. Overall, like overall, what did, what would you rate this? Well, I think I wrote a review for you guys, and I you gave did, it and four it hasn't come up. I know. See, I feel like Nathan will never give a movie a five, and we're gonna talk a minute because I want to see if he ever in his life would. Um, but I always, Nathan is not afraid to be harsh, so I always have to look at those four out of fives and go, maybe I should watch that movie. <laughs> but this time, I just didn't. I just didn't. 
But that's the joy of having film critics and, uh, you know, being able to talk to them and kind of go back and forth. I will say this. Uh, I always trust my taste meter more when I talk to you about things. But every once in a while, there's that outlier. And on this one, it's a uh, naked Thor, sadly. Just couldn't do it. Uh, well, I mean, I, to me, that's also one of the reasons we go to the movies, right? It's like stand out in the lobby or on the drive home or over a beer afterwards. Exactly. Just sit here and argue about it. So it's, it's one true. Of the early things about it, it. Exactly. I love that. I will say, I think I, I've been to a couple of movies with you before, but one of the, the big movies you and I went to uh, was, uh, let me just drop a name again, Downtown North Hollywood uh, or the Arts District. We went and saw Joker and yes. the whole audience as we're walking out, everybody is just silent. No one knows what to say. And that was, that I loved because now that, that's a movie. When you come out and you're just like, I, I don't know. Well, and I know, I mean, there are film critics I really respect who just absolutely hate Joker. I know, um, I know. And call it a ripoff and call it an original yeah. idea. But I, I thought, you know, given the time frame we were living in, um, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to take us back to thinking about the Trump years, but right. they were there. <laughs> yes, they and were. I thought, I didn't think of it as a ripoff. I thought of it as a beautiful kind of homage to Thank you, you know, Taxi Driver and Raging Bull and, you know, those gritty yep. movies from the 70s. I thought it did a really great job. And, um, again, the Joker is like the one villain in all of these movies that is feels fully developed. Yes. Yeah. Which is crazy because the character was one of the ones that they're like, oh, we're not going to tell you his back, really much of his backstory or his yeah. name. Or, but somehow, even though we have all the details about Bruce Wayne or, you know, right. really any other, most other characters, it feels like they're, they're like intangential. Now, do we think Hollywood's ruining it now because they're having a sequel and it's bringing, I love Lady Gaga. I think she, she is definitely a decent actress, uh, but I don't know what I think about let's do Joker again. And we're going to bring Gaga in to make her, you know, a more real version of Harley Quinn. And we're going to bring uh, Joker back. I don't know what I think about. I feel like a lot of times Hollywood just wants to milk the money. But what are well, your thoughts on that? Them developing that? Well, and isn't there a rumor that this thing is going to be like be a musical in some? Yeah, some dark. Now that has been one of the rumors. I'm hoping. Listen, I love musicals, but I'm really hoping that they don't do that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really less interested in Walking Phoenix's Joker. Yeah, and more interested in the Joker that we may get in this, if there is one, because. Uh, HBO Discovery is uh, yeah. Warner Brothers is a mess at the moment. We don't really know what we're going to get. It's a we train get wreck. A sequel to Robert Pattinson's The Batman. Yeah, I'm more interested to see what they do with that or with mm -hmm. that Joker because um, that one could be really dark, and maybe yeah. we'll get. They had that deleted scene. That was going yeah, around. Yeah, that I think yeah. people were very intrigued. They're just because yeah. it it feels it feels really difficult to do something new with Joker at this point. There there's so many different big campy takes and more calm yeah. takes and then extra broody takes and like yeah. it's hard to know where the character could go from there. But I have to say, because of how what I thought they did a really good job, I actually thought Robert Pattinson Robert Pattinson did 
did well with what he was given. And I didn't have a lot of respect for that actor, but then I saw, uh, what was it called? Ice. Oh, you know, the one with Willem Dafoe. Oh, the, the one with, you mean the, the, like the four by three one with the lighthouse? Yes. The lighthouse. And, and then I was like, the one with the lighthouse, what's that called? Yeah. What is that? The Uh, lighthouse. (laughs) Right. And then I thought, oh, he's, and then I saw him in Batman and I thought, okay, this guy can pull this, this stuff off. But, um, yeah, but see, Hollywood doesn't ever really do the way you want them to do. So I don't know if, you know, I don't know. I would like to see them do that. It did look intriguing, the the little extra scene, but I don't know. Do we have faith in Hollywood in this room? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> Nathan, do you have faith in Hollywood? Do I have faith in Hollywood? Yeah. Um... No, not all the time. I mean, not with not with stuff that I mean. Some of some of the Marvel stuff feels like fan service to me. Yeah, some. Um, most well, I mean, you know, some of it I think is. Um, some of it I think they've been pretty. They've, they've done some daring things. Hmm. I don't think they've. Uh, I I. I think DC and Warner Brothers have taken more chances. Now they have failed more often, absolutely. But don't you, but if you're going to take the chances, you you are going to. But then you also get yeah. these pieces of gold that no one else is doing. Right. I mean, I I think all three of Christopher Nolan's films are, you know, brilliant on mm-hmm. certain levels. Yeah. Uh, that third one is feels a little flat mm-hmm. compared to the other mm-hmm. two, but I still think it's pretty decent. Um, I, I, I thought the Joker was great. I think, um, I like, I've sort of liked the, uh, I mean, going way back, I like the idea of a really kind of dark Superman. Superman is not a really, Superman is really not a enthralling character to me because Mm -hmm. there's only one thing in the entire universe that can kill the guy. Yeah. Um, you know, what's the point? I thought the first Wonder Woman was great. I didn't hate 1984 as much as everyone else did. I oh, people actually, loathe that movie. I thought it was actually pretty decent. I didn't um, hate it. It was just okay. Um, I have a hard time with Kristen Wiig as a bad guy, but, you know, somebody had to play the part. So Right. And is that her, more, is that, I mean, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm just going to say, <laughs> never mind. No, and, but. You know, next next month we're going to have to suffer through The Rock in a DC movie. So You think that's going to be bad? You no. Know, um, uh, no, I don't actually, because, and I don't, I, and I will fully admit, I do not. There's two actors in Hollywood who I just do not watch their movies, um, Kevin Hart and The Rock. And yeah. I, lucky, because most of the time they're in them. They're together. in most of their movies together, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, so I just luck out that way. But, um, this seems like something that this guy, uh, Black Adam seems something like The Rock really, really wanted to do and has put some sweat equity in it yeah and rather than um, just kind of crapping out this you know a money-making movie yeah yeah and you know it does feel i mean i I liked the first uh, shazam movie we're getting another one later this year yeah i like shazam i don't know i i read something where they they were thinking they wanted to put the rock at the end of the the shazam movie but he figured it wouldn't be best because it would take away from 
the, the movie itself. They would be looking to the next movie. So yeah. apparently he said, I will not be in that movie, but I, I, of course I'm going to be in the next one. I will headline this other movie. Yeah. Well, don't you think, I feel like, listen, we have oversaturated the market. It's, I'm just tired. I mean, Nathan, I think uh, when we were talking about um, Doctor Strange, uh, and the multiverse, you were you're talking about this concept of are we you know are we Marvel fatigued? Are we superhero fatigued? I think that's a real thing, and I think I am. I just think oh, where's I mean, the break? I mean, between the movies and now, you it is also you have to watch whatever's on Disney Plus, or yeah. you're going to be lost. We're now like talking, we're pretty close to fifty different films and tv shows that you are having to string together and i'm sorry like i've got a job and a life and i just (laughs) i don't care that much like um but you know they had their big disney expo last week and you've got two more phases of this coming yes and it's not going to end no and they don't want it to which is why as long as people keep going to the movies this is our life the other thing is I know this is this... the only thing there's this is the only thing people are showing up for. Exactly. And that's yeah. the that's the thing that really frustrates me is because yeah. there is a lot of really good stuff out there. Thank you. But you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go do something else besides watch people in spandex. Yes, please. For for me personally, I once once uh Infinity War, you know, once that concluded, that was sort of that it was like a you know a chapter, ten year chapter of my life that ended, <laughs> and then they started pumping out these TV shows. I don't think I've actually watched any of the TV shows since. I sadly I don't, I actually have. I don't know if I've watched many of the main even the main movies since. I, yeah. I I think I just wanted to sort of take a breather, right? And it, it's yes, just please. it's just too much to keep up. Well, you're right. It's like 20, 20 Marvel shows going on right now. Yeah, no. Joke. And I get it. What they want is to take up all of your viewing choices. The other thing I think you're talking about. We have a job. We have a life. Also, I want to watch things other than. You know what I mean? And they so they make it very easy to not allow. Uh, other things into I love indie films because they tend to be a little more authentic to me and mm. and these things and so I want to get right into uh, you sent me this list I want to talk about movies that you think people may have missed but they were they're worth going to check out what are like a couple of your your movies that you're like you know if I had to tell you to get out of Marvel and go watch these this is what I would say so uh, so far this year I've I've probably seen 170, 180 movies, and that's between the theaters and watching stuff at home. Right. And um, such a slacker. I think there's. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, there's been some really fantastic stuff that I have seen. The first one I want to talk about is this movie. It's a documentary. It's called Second Chance, and it is about this guy who invented the bulletproof vest. And one of the ways that he would demonstrate how the bull- the bulletproof vest worked was by shooting himself with this vest on. And then he like starts marketing it to police departments all over the country. And it finds out this guy's like uh, a snake oil salesman. And this, this vest has extreme design flaws and they like cover it up and it becomes like this, you know, corporate wrongdoing kind of story. I think it is on uh, Showtime. They, they bought the rights to it. And he's still alive? Or is that the I big... Know, this, 
the I, beginning. I believe this guy. I believe this guy has passed away, but it was just. But uh, it wasn't it from was shooting too. himself with a faulty vest. No, it wasn't. From oh, okay. <laughs> and in fact, he shot himself 196. Oh my times. god! And wow. like, you watch you watch him like that's like I believe the opening scene in this movie is him with, you know, giving the talk and like shooting himself in the stomach to wow. prove this thing works. <laughs> um, it really floored me. Wow. Um, the second one is a documentary that I saw at Seattle International Film Festival this year. Um, there is another documentary coming out about Colin Kaepernick. Oh, yeah. Uh, that that one is like the one that is coming out, uh, I would say, is like authorized by Colin. Yeah. Um, this one is um, taking a lot of his interviews with the press and then like – interviewing people that were in Colin's um, bubble and man, just in, in retrospect, I just got him. The dude got a bad rap. Yeah. uh, Was treated terribly. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, his is not playing the league now um, for being quiet and kneeling. Meanwhile, like, uh, the, the, the Browns quarterback is 50, 50, 50 or so like uh, uh, sexual assault allegations oh my against the guy and yeah. he got suspended for 10 games. I mean, Ugh. it's just infuriating. And this is one of those documentaries that'll, uh, it'll really make you mad and, yeah. you know, like a good documentary should. Right. It is. Um, it is the 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 joy and the not not always the joy, but it's what happens. The press can like turn the world against you, even if just because someone decided they want to demonize this person. Just because the president come down your dress, yeah, you know, and then I know, and then yeah. you're the bad and guy, and then you, yeah, yeah, you are stained for life, right? Yeah, no, I agree. Well, so I'm excited to <laughs> see. <laughs> this is clever, clever podcasting. I mean, uh, this this is top of the line comedy here, folks. Right? So, right. Hope you're setting down. <laughs> he, he told a little white lie, but she's the one that suffered. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's true. A little white lie. Thank you. That's you're welcome. Was... You're welcome. Um, I do love a good documentary. I'm I'm glad that you also assume that our audience is very intelligent and like documentaries because, of course, I think they do. Am, am, am I making a false assumption? <laughs> no, 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 no. I agree. No, I like when we assume. I hate when, like, when media uh, just assumes the audience is stupid, and then, and then you know what I mean. Yeah. So mm, I'm yeah. I'm very excited for that moment. Okay. Other move. Another. Give me another two movies before we move down the list that you also think. Hey, if you're going to see anything, see this. Okay. Um, on. It's on Apple Plus, Cha Cha mm-hmm. Real Smooth, uh, with Co- uh, Cooper Rafe and Dakota Johnson. It's a young man who works at he uh, he DJs, works at bar mitzvah parties. Um, he's he's a guy that's really going nowhere, um, and the movie just has a you know it's a it's a it's a dramedy in lots of ways, but it has lots of twists and turns that I just did not. Uh, see coming and I found it I found it really enthralling but I think it's probably a movie most uh, people miss it didn't seem to be in theaters very long and then went pretty quickly to Apple Plus so I would give that one a chance if you run across it love it and one more on that list yeah so uh, uh, OBJ Novak from uh, The Office uh, 
wrote, starred, directed in a movie that just came out a couple weeks ago uh, called Vengeance. He is a writer in New York City uh, that is attempting to solve uh, this murder, but also, you know, in the sign of our times, we can't just solve a murder. We also have to turn it into a podcast. Of course. So he's trying to do that. And um, Ashton Kutcher's in this movie. It's got a really weird ending that will maybe so it'll probably force some people not to like it but if you keep an open mind i think you'll you really dig it and I, I dug it a lot and don't you know nothing ever happens if it's we used to say unless you have pictures but unless you have a podcast or a youtube channel mm. it didn't happen i'm actually that one's the one i'm the most intrigued with it sounds creepy enough that it would keep me Keep me interested. It sort of startled me when I saw the trailer because I saw BJ Novak on a TV camera from like 2012 and then suddenly cut to an ultra HD camera, you know, 2022. <laughs> He's aged 10 years and you can actually see who he really is in the shot, you know, and yeah. it, uh, but I, that did not distract me from, I, I think I'm going to watch this one for sure. Um, yeah. John Mayer's in this movie too. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, it's, it's got a pretty great cast yeah. and, um, yeah. it, takes place in texas out in west texas in the middle of nowhere so it's it's a fantastic movie and i I think people should give it a chance nice and i mean talking about musicians who are not only good at what they their craft in the music world but actually are proving to be really good actors i want to start talking about some upcoming movies and in two of the ones you have on the list you sent over it has uh my future husband harry styles is in um, them, yeah, Mr. Harry Styles. Yeah. yeah, and one of the first one that I'm very that I'm intrigued with, of course, is "Don't Worry, Darling." Uh, the previews alone make me feel like a little uncomfortable, and I like it. Yeah. Do you have yeah. high hopes? I have high hopes. Um, the initial reaction coming out of the Toronto Film Festival has been a little mixed, really, um, which makes me nervous. But I try really. I really. I tried to like. Pay attention to that, but not let it yeah. influence my my decision. Yeah, the whole thing of like, did he spit on him or not? Thing was also yeah. really distracting. Um, <laughs> yeah, that but, was a big thing. Um, I miss that. It is from the. It is so. It is so rare that we nowadays get the opportunity to walk into a movie theater not really having a clue what is about to happen. Yeah. And from the trailer alone, I can't tell you what. I mean, I, I it looks like it takes place in Palm Springs. Yes. And uh, there's some kind of experiment being ran. Besides that, I have no idea what the movie's about. And that makes me really excited. Yes, exactly. And it is one of those movies that when they are like that, it could go either way. And I kind of don't, I don't mind it. Because the payoff can be great. Or, you know, and, and that's, th- of course, directed by Olivia Wilde. Uh, her boyfriend Harry Styles is in it, and then what is what is her name? I can just think of it. She was in a very scary movie uh, that I can't handle. What she was in Little Women? Help me out, Nathan. What was her blonde? Florence, Thank you, Florence Pugh. Pugh. Yeah. Florence Pugh. She's yeah. in it. I like her. I mean, she. It's sad that my introduction to her was a very. <laughs> that movie killed me. I can't. I can't. Yeah, Midsummer. Oh, that movie. I accidentally yeah, went I... to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I skipped that one because of you. Yeah. So oh, yes. You're so welcome. I mean, the trauma, the the therapy bills I have saved you. Are... But speaking of uh, Olivia Wilde, and she direct. This is her second 
uh, directorial um, movie. This is her second movie she's directed. And, yeah. But her directorial debut is a movie I think way too many people missed called Book Smart about two yeah, girls I that love did that. nothing but study all through high school. And they decide to have like one night of debauchery before heading yes. out to college. And it is so so funny one of the funniest movies uh that well I written I oh yeah the whole yeah. thing it's only so, it's only sad what's happening to uh jonah hill's sister now but but in the movie oh. she's good she was really good yeah. she shouldn't yeah. have gone to broadway that's all i'm saying <laughs> it's all it's all i'm saying you're not the only one saying that yeah, apparently there's a lot yeah. of people saying that yeah yeah now I'm curious. So, uh, you know, we have this Mr. Harry Styles. He's also in another movie that's getting some uh, some buzz, and I don't know if it's just because we finally get to see him kiss a guy, or if the buzz is worth it in this in this movie. Talk to us a little about that movie. It's uh, yeah, my it's one of the kind of like it's one of three kind of LGBTQ movies that I. Uh, have my eye on for the next uh, few months or yeah. kind of what comes out between now and the end of the year. I think this is the movie, you know, I think don't worry, darlings, uh, you know, took up a lot of oxygen because yeah. that apparently is how Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis relationship ended. Uh, yeah. Or where, at least where it began. Yeah. But I think in our community, um, my policeman is what got a lot of people's uh, attention. And, you know, again, this is a movie that I don't really know a lot about from right. the trailers, from the trailer alone or the little press that's out there. I don't have a, a, um, a great understanding of what it's about, but it is coming out in, you know, that time of the year. Yeah. You know, when things start getting dropped in October, November, December, you know, my antenna kind of picks up because someone yeah. somewhere at some studio thinks that this something about this movie is Oscar worthy. Exactly. Got to get it out before the end of the year and to see that he's, you know, he's in two movies. They're coming out within two months of each other. And for the previews yeah. alone, the guy looks like he's carrying his own weight. Yep. So I'm excited to see it. I am too. You know, he was uh, part of a <laughs> part of a discussion we had on the show uh, a few weeks ago, which is this idea of queer baiting. Which, of course, this uh, this movie alone is going to benefit from this idea of queer baiting. Um, but because of since we don't know a lot about it, a lot of the buzz, at least in the queer community, is because finally we see Harry Styles. He's going to be, and he's he's doing what what they do in in Hollywood is he's flirting with this you know, idea, but still not landing on, am I, do I like men or do I not like men? I think it's going to, I, it could be a great movie, but there is a little bit of that concept of queer baiting that I think is there on purpose. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the, the other, the other argument we often have around these movies, um, and this may not be, this is probably not the case because we don't really know where this guy is falling. But, right. um, you know, the other part of this debate is, you know, people playing uh, characters that they may not actually be. So, you know, right. straight straight actors play gay characters right. or um, um, people showing up, who, you know, Scarlett Johansson being in movies that she's supposed to be Asian, but she's yeah. not, you know. Mm -hmm. Tilda Swinton, kind of like you know. That, 
I don't know that anyone knows what race Tilda Swinton really is. She's just white. It's <laughs> a sheet of paper. Yep. She, yep. She, she's Conan O'Brien's doppelganger. <laughs> like it's just. <laughs> it's true. So I mean, at the point, it's like you think you're offended, but maybe not. Well, maybe it, I'm not and, offended. And is there? It, it feels like there's sort of a difference of someone playing a different race. Yeah. Something yeah. visible where you have yes. to pull someone's, you know, you have to like, you have to, you have to pull and tuck and change the skin tone. Yeah, stuff. now that gets, yeah, that there's a versus, line in there that, yeah. Versus something you can't see, like, right. you know, I identify this way. Well, and it's this whole thing of acting. So it's hard. Acting, yeah. You're like, well, we all, we, acting is, a, is an art form. It's a beautiful thing. But then you have to find your line of you're being a kind of tone deaf. And those, I mean, I've, I have some friends in uh, the Asian American community who talk about, mainstream tv shows who felt they weren't asian enough and taped their eyes to be on and i'm talking listen i'm just gonna say it modern family which is a show that was there to push boundaries you know but no this shit was happening wow so we don't it's hard to know where where acting falls and where and i think it's going to be a while before we understand where those lines are do you remember emma stone in a movie called aloha yeah, yes. yes. Do you remember yeah. the last name of that character? Allison I, I can N-G. G. Oh, was, yes. She, she was yeah. She was an Asian character yes. played yes. by this redhead. I mean, <laughs> that's where I get a little right. of, offended, right? That Well, and look at all of the uproar over the new previews to uh, Little Mermaid. I am like... If you want to know if your friends are racist, what's well, a second wave? Because people they heard yes. about it a couple when years it ago. First, exactly. And, then, yeah. and now I love people are sharing pictures of Hollywood from way back all the way up and them doing, you know, all sorts of people saying that. And then I love the ones that say, and let's just be right up front and say, um, Jesus. That's all. That's all I'm going to say to you that we have whitewashed Jesus for centuries. And I mean, let's get real. You know what I mean? And then there's uh, there's a moms coming out saying, well, what about my redheaded child? She has no representation. What? <laughs> okay, we all need to calm down. That's all I'm saying. Well, and I, I have really loved watching over the last week or so uh, these black moms posting photos of their daughters watching. Getting very trailer, excited. Yeah. And like, they're like, Mama, she looks like me. Right. Like, God bless. Oh, Representation yeah. matters. And I also want to say, like, a, a, a half woman, half fish living in the ocean is fake. <laughs> it can be whatever race we want. <laughs> exactly. If we want black, if we want black people in Middle Earth, we can have black exactly. people in Middle Earth. Like, calm down. I remember some people. fuss in like calm an old uh, Batman cartoon when they had Joker with like dreadlocks and he was played by a black voice actor. Oh, I remember really? a little buzz of people being, well, Joker's obviously white. He's like, what <laughs> I, are you talking? Yeah, he's, yeah. His skin's bleached, yeah. I guess, but he, he himself, yeah. who said that this he has to be a white guy? That's is not real. Why is that so important We're to the character? That's yeah. not a part of the character. That's no. the, that's the thing. If the, if the, if the character is, you know, <laughs> just like we were talking about, if it's someone that's supposed to be an Asian person, they have an Asian background in the story, then they should be played by an Asian right. person. If that's they just happen to be hard. a race in a fiction, yeah. and then it's a different reinterpretation of it, then why do you have to stick exactly. to that? I don't... And it, and it is, a, I, we talked about this on a show too, like we all want to get to the point in Utopia where we don't use labels, but none of us want to walk through the dark forest first and get us to the point where we don't have to use, guess what? Right now, we... We need to be represented. 
We are not, uh, please, if nothing else, this is, to me, just seems like another extension of people who have found a voice for their, you know, racism and bigotry, and they are just pointed in this direction at this time. In the case of Harry Styles, I don't feel like, I don't feel like any celebrity has an obligation to come out sooner than they're ready to come out. If, if, or, or, you know, if he doesn't want to have to put a label on something, I don't feel like he should feel like he's obligated to do so because we need more representation. I think it's more the concern. Now, I love, I haven't, I've never felt like it's a big deal because that's just what marketing is. Um, Now, if the intention is blatant, I, then I start getting uncomfortable. I've never felt, felt that. But of course, it's just a weird conversation right now that I don't know what to do with, Hmm. you know? You know, I um, a couple of points. Like, I I think there's also some fascinating things that could be done that are not happening. Like, I think having I think having a Joker who is black could be really interesting. Right. Because now, I mean, now we have this backstory of you having to deal with, you know, white people that are not uh, don't know anything about their privilege and. Uh, maybe you're coming from a, a background of the inner city and like now you're really possessing some anger yeah. and trying to point that at the richest guy in the city who seems to get away with everything and his family seems to belly him out of everything. Like that's a really fascinating yeah. story to me that it's just one change made uh, based on, on race. But it changes the narrative. It, it, yeah. it, it, yeah, like, it, it makes it much more oh, intriguing. Absolutely. Yeah, And more real, to be honest. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I know that we are uncomfortable, but that is our history. You know, this, these are facts. History and, and present. Very, and, yeah. We're yeah. very uncomfortable with facts. And if the actor that's taking on, whether, you know, whether it may be your sexual identity or your gender identity or a disability or something that's, you know, opposite opposite or something that's not who you are. I don't mind it if Mm -hmm. they do their homework. Yes. So I want to take like uh, Eddie Raymond and the Danish girl. And I just, who knocked it out of the park and everything that I can read about the stories, like the guy did his homework on the trans community Yep. And uh, got the backstory, got the history, and knocked it out of the park. Agreed. So if you do your homework, I'm fine. I think yeah, the unfortunate yeah. part is there are actors, and I'm very bad with movies and actors, but uh, there are actors that have done roles like that. Um, the guy who plays in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, uh, he... Oh, are you talking about oh, um, the, the guy that's... He, 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 played a trans, he played a trans woman uh, in like... Yeah. Uh, I forget the name. Anyways, he's basically <laughs> he basically said, I regret doing it. Uh, but yeah. it was the movie came out at a time where I bet you know some representation is better than none and so yeah. I, I think he just says like now looking back it in our current culture it feels like a weird or bad thing to have done but at the time it was something important and he was taking a risk and yeah. he was doing it for the right reasons it's just unfortunate I, intention play is such a big thing to me it 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 changes context it may and respect intention and respect and I think when speaking about Eddie Redmayne uh, especially with that role, that's exactly what was there, and that's that's what I'm thinking of. That's the guy I'm thinking of. Why couldn't oh, I think? Of... Yeah, 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 I just yeah, didn't yeah. know his name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Danish girl. What we were just talking thank about. Thank you, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. He, he came out. He came out and said he regretted playing the role. He did. Yeah, apparently he. I, oh, this wow. was this was a few, and it wasn't because he regretted playing it because he didn't he, like the role. Right. He was trying. He was trying to make a comment on this conversation of it should have been played by a trans woman. So he was trying to like step back and say, "I understand what you're saying." 
so maybe I shouldn't have. But I, but I don't agree with that. I think he did an amazing I, job. Yeah, I just, yeah. I think he's scared. I mean, <laughs> oh, the yeah. year before, the year before, or after that, I can't remember. But he'd also played Stephen Hawking. Like, yes, yes. So, like, was how are we? I just like, should we have gotten a dis so a disabled? Some people are saying that the second half of that, I just I flat out disagree. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I agree. it blows my mind. It, it there there are plenty of roles where someone gets disabled at a certain point and they weren't before, and it's like, so yeah. is it easier to have someone sit in a wheelchair and act this way, or is it easier to take someone's disabled and then make yeah. it so they're standing up yeah. walking like normal? You have to think about like the practicality is, of yeah. making a movie, well, and or, then it takes away the art form of acting, and that's the heart. So it is a fine line, and we're going to be talking about it. I think for decades but the thing is acting is all about telling a story and good actors are there because they want to be a vehicle for those stories are we now going to take it away from them to do that and that's a problem to me you know i'm not trying to hate on my people you know gay people should be out there acting everywhere too but are you going to look at uh, matt bomer now and say all of the great work he's done that he's played straight guys in, he should have never played those. And as an actor, should not have been allowed. Well, I, I have a problem with that. You know what I mean? I think the acceptance is given, hey, if you're if you're a gay person playing straight people, that's cool. But <laughs> yeah. the opposite can't Well, that's can't okay happen because you're trying to be better. I guess. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Well, before we get on to, I want to talk about some upcoming LGBTQ films. I am curious about your thoughts on uh, a movie that's, that's getting a lot of controversy even before is released which is blonde yeah um i have again a couple of credit critics who i uh, really respect um uh, are really actually angry about the movie yeah um, that like i mean we have to go back to the history of this of yeah. Monroe. like right she was treated terribly she was treated Very terribly much. by the media treated terribly by hollywood yep. by the politicians who were sleeping with her like yep. uh, years ago i read a biography about or a biography about robert uh kennedy mm -hmm. the, the, the conversation in there about marilyn monroe was atrocious and now we're going to get this movie that no one has any idea why it is nc-17 except for netflix <laughs> to say that it's nc-17 exactly um and we're going to get another movie where we're just going to, you know, we're going to crap all over this woman and yeah. uh, do the same thing that we did 50 years ago is really frustrating to me. Will yeah. I sit down and watch it? Absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, I think we've got we've got to do it so we can have a conversation about it. Exactly. But yeah, I'm 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 really in, I'm really intrigued. I am intrigued as well. And I feel like a lot of judgments were coming out from people who hadn't even seen pre-release. You know what I mean? They hadn't even... So they're only going off of what they've heard about the script. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like a movie like this, we need to reserve judgment and watch it. And then like you said, you know, have a conversation. That is the thing that I, I think is missing in art is this beautiful thing, but we, has, we have forgotten so much how to talk to each other about things. We should be exchanging ideas. So I'm, I'm curious. That's where it sits with me. Well, it just I took a quick look at a letterbox here, which is a social media site for movie critics or people who want to be movie critics. Yeah. Right now, it's setting at a 2.9 out of 5. So uh, it's getting very, very mixed reviews. Yeah. Oh, well, it should be, uh, should be interesting. I'm still kind of want to know. But yeah, that woman's been through a lot, uh, even after death. And so 
hopefully we can find our way. But I think it is a great conversation to have. So I'm interested in seeing what happens after it's been out for, for a couple of weeks. Now, Nathan, before, I want to talk about one movie that I think could go either way, but I'm excited for it. And of course, it's uh, Billy Eichner in Bros. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the name of the movie, but um, this is the first time a mainstream movie company has backed a rom-com that is about, that's a gay rom-com that's about two men. It's not an indie film or indie adjacent. It has the budget behind it. Um, and there, and that's because of Billy and his name and what he has fought hard to create in his career. Uh, do you have hope and should we want to be mainstream? Like, is that gonna, are they going to neuter it? Like they neuter things that aren't even gay. They just neuter everything. Well, okay. So difficult people on Hulu is one of my favorite shows to come out in the last decade. I think it is so hilarious and so funny. Um, I am really excited for this movie. Uh, it looks extremely funny. It does. Um, it seems to be pointing the finger both inward and outward. Like, so we're gonna we're gonna make fun of you know uh, those allies in our lives who are maybe going right. a little bit overboard. Right. But we're also gonna point like the finger inward towards the community. And I hope we really. I hope this movie really deals with some of our like yes insecurities that seem to be really prevalent in the community mm-hmm. um the fact like you know just alone it's like this jockish guy <laughs> falling in love with this nerdish bookish guy and yeah like, okay like that's been that's obviously been done in the straight community a exactly. million times but here it feels new and it feels exciting it, yes it feels exciting in the same way that like Brokeback Mountain felt exciting yeah. when it came out was because now we're going to get a, a dramatic love story um, and hopefully people walk out of the theater with this idea. If they walk out with this idea that is, hey, they're not that different than me. Right. I think the movie's a success. Yeah. yeah. And, and just by watching the previews, I feel like it's one of those movies that if someone went in, like my mom, she would forget that oh wait those are two guys but she would get lost in the comedy of it and i think that's the that's my favorite part of art form of any kind is that you because you do get in the point and you're relating to you know the material and then you have to remind yourself oh wait i hate them they're gay you know what i mean and that's beautiful now are we going to get those people in the theater probably not but this seems like a step one you know i think uh years and years ago love simon was a beautiful beginning of of the queer community getting our own 16 candles, getting our own, you know, the coming of age film. And this now is getting a mainstream rom-com. And I think we've waited. It's 2022 people. What the hell? So, yeah. you know, I, I think a couple of things, I think we'll be, if I was a betting man, I think yeah. one will be surprised who goes and sees this movie. Yeah. And the second thing is, I think we're gonna be surprised about how much money it makes on its opening weekend. I, I mean, it's one. It's rated R, and that's yeah. going to you know keep some people away. If it makes twenty to twenty-five million dollars, it's opening weekend. It's a success. Exactly. And sadly, I mean, we shouldn't have to convince, but that means we'll have another mainstream one, you know, after, and maybe there'll be some traction on that as well. But it looks funny. I'm not gonna lie. Even beyond all of that number shit, uh, I actually think it looks entertaining. I'm excited. Yeah, uh, and God, we—I just, 
I feel like we're not getting enough really good comedies out no. of Hollywood. Exactly. Um, I feel like it has been we like we get one a year yep. maybe, but it has been a long time, and some of that is like we've we've taken political correctness so far in one yeah. direction that anyone's really everyone's afraid to make a joke. I think this movie is going to point a finger at that political correctness and say, Hey, this is a marginalized group saying let's tone it down a little bit. Yeah. So I'm really excited about the possibility of what this film can accomplish. Exactly. And, you know, like we said, Billy Eichner, he's proven himself time again, and he tends to not be afraid, which is the, another plus that he's, he doesn't back down. My God, it, it, just, if you've never watched Difficult People, it's please so just good. pause the podcast and yeah. go watch it because it's amazing. Yes. And then just hop on YouTube and Billy on the Street is just <laughs> the most amazing, brave comedy I've ever seen in my life. Yes. And it is, it is fantastic. Agreed. Okay, before we wrap this up, tell me, out of the year so far, what has been your favorite pick? Ooh, my favorite. Uh, my it's gonna my favorite movie of the year so far. And realize yeah. we're in the yeah, we still have a big. Every, everything's coming. Yes, my favorite movie of the year so far is Marcel the Shell with shoes on. That's what I've heard. Wow, I I remember that coming out on YouTube. I watched it, and I, my my sister sounds just like Marcel the Shell, and so I watched every one of them on YouTube. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody says it's amazing. It's playing in our local so, indie film fest. I'm excited. Um. So, like, in the same vein of, like, how sweet both the uh, Paddington Bear movies were, right. this is the same thing. Like, um, it just makes you feel great. Jeannie Slate as Marcel is yeah. amazing. Um, some of some of the reporters from 60 Minutes are in this thing. Like, it's just <laughs> so cute and funny. And really heartwarming, and I saw it. I saw it at a film festival with a bunch of movie snobs, and it got a standing ovation. Oh, wow! Know, it is See? it is amazing. That's and, so uh, great. I I don't know, you know, standing on December thirty first, if I'm going to say it's my favorite movie. Right, so and far, yeah, because like is. you said, the big film season is coming. Okay, now to you know, uh, add some uh, balance. What is the most overrated film you think so far this year? The most overrated? Oh my, Jonathan, these <laughs> these are impossible <laughs> questions. Uh, hang on, you know, oh lord. <laughs> Uh, what did I not I thought was pretty uh, Doctor Strange was one um, I, I I guess it came out last well I was disappointed in Elvis I oh really I mean it wasn't I liked I liked the actor who played oh he was Elvis brilliant off. yeah and my god my lord I've, I've not seen that. Uh, was I, um, I do have to ask? Was Tom Hanks distracting in that movie? I did. Uh, Tom Hanks. I didn't Tom Hanks is distracting. so distracting in this. In that movie, movie? is so? he? I think yes. I was so focused on the Elvis part. Yeah, I, I don't know. So this movie, I Elvis, I looked at all the biopics and said, yeah. you know, 
this this genre that we're now stepping into of like the musician uh biopic right. is it's 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 been played out it's been done to this point how do we do it differently yeah. and you know there's a range of where you can go you can do which i think is one of the better ones you can do ray right and you can go you can go fully dramatic or you can get you can do like uh, Rocket Man, and you can say like, "Hey, we're just gonna we're gonna play around with the edges yeah. of this thing." And Elvis is trying to stand well, in don't the you middle th- of that somewhere. It was very much a Boz Lerman film. You know what I mean? Oh, it for was sure. for sure. It hit all of the things that I expected Boz to do with this story, and I was like, "Oh yeah!" I left the theater going, "Yeah, that was an okay movie. That was definitely Boz Lerman." You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I I give it a three out of five. Yeah. I thought it was just pretty average. I think it I could think, have been a lot better, but I didn't think it was horrible. I think it's going to make a superstar out of the kid that oh, plays yeah. Elvis. Um, and I thought I thought he nailed it. There were things in the movie that I didn't know about Elvis. I mean, oh, yeah. Elvis is off is often accused of stealing black music and yes. see that he had such a deep respect yeah. for uh the black musicians yep. in memphis mm-hmm. um and like to see that King. yeah people wanted to frame him in a way the government a lot uh frame him in a way so he was you're stealing people's music you know what i mean but yeah see i grew up with elvis my dad was just like obsessed with elvis so i grew up with all his movies all his records dad knew so much about him and so that was what was fascinating to me to go oh yeah there i'm glad i see what i was told is on this film and you know one of the coolest parts is uh i i sometimes i'll i go into like little rabbit holes on youtube i'll fall into places and i I was like hey you know what i haven't heard in a while is uh uh, unchained melody that last exhausted elvis you know thing that everybody you know has Uh. seen uh and you go back to it and i look in the comments and there's hundreds of kids and people that are like whoa, this is such a cool song. Like, yeah. I only came here because I watched the Elvis movie yeah. and I didn't know about Elvis before I watched that movie. Exactly. So uh, they accomplished what they wanted to. There's yeah. still a lot of money to be made with the Elvis, you know. Uh, and my favorite comment I've ever heard, has been, and I have a lot of respect for Tom Hanks, but I did find this accurate and funny. Someone said, dear Mr. Hanks, you don't have to say yes to everything. <laughs> and there's a few movies yeah. that, that that could be very true for. Well, and I think we've just established that we we as the movie going public do not want to see this guy play bad guys yeah. or even characters that can be perceived yes. as as bad yeah um and, and again he was he was fine yeah he yeah as a, as a as a character that as a person a lot of us don't know much about yeah he was fine but uh, i did find him distracted the, the prosthetic neck was was too much like it was just mm. it was too much for me. there's this pitch of his voice whenever he's talking that i always hear and it, it does take me out of things uh, i was watching i don't watch the live action disney movies but i was watching the beginning of pinocchio just because yeah, uh, yeah. it was playing and uh there's a certain pitch in his voice that he hits that always reminds me oh this is tom hanks like it yeah, no matter what yeah. for some like it he has, takes you out he has one it. of those few people he's one of those few people with the, with those voices that i it as soon as i hear him hit a note i'm like oh yeah tom hanks that's his, that's yeah, that note that yeah. he always hits when he's yelling <laughs> i think that's amazing. well if if we we have proven nothing on this uh show today it's that we could probably go for a few more hours which is a good thing because we're bringing nathan will be a regular for everybody who loves talking movies uh nathan i don't know if nathan knew he would be but he you are you're <laughs> so there you go 
you will be a regular on the show because oh, I always wow. I know I find it fascinating. So I I mean <laughs> you should be. So so few are. So we'll take we'll take one. But Nathan, thank you so much for spending time over on our not only on our website with the great uh, critiques that you give, but also coming on so people can hear your voice and we can talk about a ton of movies all at one time. Uh, so happy to do it. Um, and I, you know, I like you, I could talk about this all day. Right. Everyone, please go see the woman King with Viola Davis this weekend. <gasps> it's going to be oh amazing. My. It um, looks, it looks fantastic. Like what the I, hell? Yeah. I got a little, I got a sneak preview of it and it is like, uh, it's like the gladiator of our time. Like it yeah. is, it is, It'll make you want to like go run in the woods and fight stuff. Like it is oh, that. It, it's awesome. I love it. Well, I'm so the woman king. Yes. So everybody go out and see that. It's gonna be good. And then uh, I, I'm going to see Bros right away. So I'm excited to to. And we're gonna bring uh, Nathan back. I mean, as all of these movies are now going to constantly bombard us. Uh, it's a great season to continue to dissect these things and uh and uh, you know. I always like to do a good Oscar pick show. So we'll see what, what happens with that as well. So thank you, sure. sir. Yeah, it's going to be great. Thank, thank you for you. taking time. And uh, remember, everybody, you can find us on thequeercentric.com. And this show comes out every Tuesday on our website and wherever you get your podcasts as well. And always don't feel free to reach. Don't feel free to reach out. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> Please feel free to reach out. And if you have any messages for Nathan, I will get them his way. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Have an amazing week. One, two.